Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode eight of the Fire This Time podcast. You're here people, with peace. Yeah, you're here with Sonny Ture and Akita J. And we are happy to have you going to kick things off, Aki. Introduce, welcome to people, bro. Welcome to Fire This Time. You know, we still trying to roll out these episodes for y'all. Um, we gonna, you know, have a nice little conversation today and try to get things to you. You know, we had a little hiatus last week, but uh, we back in the game. Um, I think first, you know, we gonna start this off and pop that off with uh, this week's fire. And uh, this week's fire is gonna be Queen Otterly Moore. I say. Um, first, I, you know, we gotta show love to her. She's one of the parent founders of, uh, of my current organization, MXGM. Um, she's also a well-known activist and considered the mother of reparations, um, inspired by the teachings of Garvey, um, also um, influenced by the teachings of Harry Haywood. And, uh, you know, she ran with the likes of brothers like Robert F. Williams and sisters like Betty Shabazz and um, sort of was like tutors to people like Asada Shakur in there. Um, today is her uh, born day. And, um, you know, we're going to definitely... You know, give her many ashes and and loves, you know, because now she's with the ancestors. But, you know, she's always watching over, you know, especially her new African children. Mm-hmm. So um, that's going to be our week's fire this time. You got anything for that, Sonny? Nah, just, you know, nothing but respect, reverence, you know, what I'm saying for the ancestor, you know, just, you know, much love. You know, it's good that we show her love on her birthday, you know. And uh, so, yeah, let, let, let's keep it rolling and we can talk about some more. Uh, another ancestor, Nihonda, and uh, one of the events for Black August. Uh, we'll talk more about Black August in another episode. But uh, there's a, a event coming up. I believe it's August 4th. Uh, where uh, MXGM and uh, Black Woman Radicals will be talking about um, uh, Nihonda and Asada, Beyond Symbolism and Hashtag. Yeah, it's going to be August 4th, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. on Zoom. And you can check out MXGM uh, Atlanta or MXGM National uh, on Instagram or Twitter to get connected with that. And even before that, there's another, uh, just to mention it quickly, another uh, uh, event, uh, August 1st, the the kickoff event for Black August that MXGM is doing uh, from political, it's called Black August History from Political Prisoner Resistance to Pan-African Solidarity. That's going to be another uh, Zoom uh, event. And uh, we, you know, just ask everybody to get involved, you know, uh, tune in, engage. And uh, it's going to be a lot of good information, a lot of good uh, political education, a lot of good just information for people wanting to get more active. You know what I'm saying? People that are looking at this moment right now and wondering how they can get, uh, you know, more in tune with uh, something positive. Anything you want to say, Aki? You know, yeah, I'm definitely going to be trying to attend all of those Black Black August, um, you know, Black August events, you know. As um, we believe in supporting our political prisoners and prisoners of war that's behind the, you know, um, the prison camps, you know, fighting that struggle. Um, that's the dedication of Black August. That's what it symbolizes for us. It's the honoring of those people who fought and, and who fought, died and are still living. That's behind the walls, you know. And that's ironic that, you know, it, it go, I mean, not ironic, but it goes right in hand with them starting off the event about, you know, Asada and um, her comrade, Abi Odun, mm-hmm. um, because um, Sunday Adekoli was one of the comrades. He was with Asada Shakur, you know, um, when the um, event happened with her. 
And he's still in there You know You know We got a lot of brothers And sisters like that That's still in there So You know We definitely want to get in We definitely want to try To put that celebration up But we'll talk about that you know, in a later show. Yeah, you, you make a good point, though. I mean, Black August ain't just a celebration. You know what I'm saying? This is a time to uh, remember the str- you know, where we need to be at in the struggle. You know what I'm saying? Recommit ourselves to the struggle for our people. You know yes. what I'm saying? And uh, that's exactly what MXGM is doing with Black August with these events, trying to encourage, you know, that type of uh, community engagement, engagement into the politics of our community, not just politics, you know, electoral or white politics. But the politics that uh, actually build stuff that lasts in the black community, you know, that's what we need to get on. And that's what we too late uh, getting on, you know, in mass as a popular movement, you know. So we'll see what we'll see what comes of that. A lot of good things we know, you know, what I'm saying. But uh, it's time to spark something, you know, just like uh, fire this time is all about. True indeed. So uh, before we go any further, uh, let's take a, a quick moment just to say, uh, please support uh, the Fire This Time podcast. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter, Fire This Time Pod. And uh, you can also find us just searching on Facebook. But, you know, if you're listening. Like and share. You know what I'm saying? Share it with your people. You know what I'm saying? Share, share it right now with two people, you know what I'm saying, that you know will tune in, you know that will uh, appreciate this type of content. We ain't asking you to share it to 10 people, you know what I'm saying? Maybe not even share it on your timeline, but share it with them one or two people in your life you know is going to, uh, you know, really vibe with this type of message and, and, and is really hungry for these type of conversations. But keep things going from that. We're going to switch things up this episode. We're not just going to uh, get right into a political conversation. We're actually going to take a step back or maybe uh, a step into a seat, chill a little bit, maybe light something up. We're going to talk hip-hop today. You know what I'm saying? Hip-hop, hip-hop. And uh, to do that, you know, we had to increase the cypher. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So uh, we got two of my brothers and two of Aki's brothers, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but these brothers are on Push Soul with me, you know what I'm saying? Music Collective. You know, we've been putting in work. But uh, first off, we got my brother, Key. Key Red. Say what up, Key. Yo, yo, what's good? Keyvon, Key Red. Where you from, bro? From Evansville, bro. Evansville, Indiana. Yes, sir. From yes, the sir. Yes, sir. And we also got my brother. Actually, I can't even introduce this brother. I keep going to introduce my man you right know, here. We got the, the, you know, the living legend, town legend, world legend, universal legend, Twig G over here, repping for the queen. Say peace, something. Peace, peace, peace. And the peace, everybody. You know, we here. We here to keep the vibration lit. We here to share the content. And we here to build. So... Let's build on, on, on the universal language that made us all come together as far as the generations to bridge the gap. Let's get it. Hip-hop, hip-hop. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, Aki, how are we going to kick off this conversation on hip-hop? Where, where are we going to start with this, bro? I we, mean, you know, um, we going to, you know, I guess we should look at, you know, you know, maybe we, we could speak about hip-hop as culture. You know, what, you know matter of fact, hip-hop culture. You know, in the current state hip-hop and in the current world that we're living in, you know, what is hip-hop's role in this current, you know, political? We're still going to keep it a little political, mm-hmm. you know, but we're going we gonna, to we gonna keep it in hip-hop, you know. You know, we got a lot of controversial things going on right now that have been popping off recently. Right. You know? So, you know, it makes us have to ask that question, you know, uh, you know, hip-hop culture versus, you know what I'm saying, industry culture. 
you know, mm-hmm. and what is his role in this current political moment. You and know? I really see, uh, for instance, that Nick Cannon situation. You know what I'm saying? Like, you really see the culture and the industry rubbing up against each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You you, you seeing them uh, conflict, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And you seeing how, uh, you know, the industry is getting some responses from the culture that it's not happy with in some regards. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Key, I know you, you checked out some of this, uh, you know, Nick Cannon stuff. I mean, you, you got any initial thoughts or, or did you watch any of that segment? Uh, yeah, I did watch the, the interview that he had and uh, I don't know, it was it was interesting. I feel like he kind of kind of knew what he was about to walk into uh, with the different topics he was talking about as related to Jews and, and how they operate in the industry. It's almost like he knew what the possibilities were or the ratifications that was coming from that. And uh, just to see his response on the back end is something that we could probably get into as far as the apology and just... You know where where does he go from now? Where do, where does that where does that lead us? Yeah, yeah. What you think, Aki? I mean, you know, he, him and the brother correct. You know, you he, he you know, I, it, there's no way you could have stepped out there and said that not knowing the last that you was gonna get from. Him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, well, let's back up. Hold up. Do we think what Nick Cannon said? And I, I guess I, I had to admit I, I had to maybe remind myself exactly what was said or what was supported. I only watched a few clips. I didn't watch the whole uh, interview or talk he had with Prof- Professor Griff. Yeah. But um, I mean, I mean, did he say anything anti-Semitic? Um, it would be anti-Semitic to them. Mm. You know, it's something that we heard in the black community, damn, just since the 1920s. You know, where, where we just speak bluntly and say, you know, this group is, you know, in partial control or of our, you know, the, the levers that oppress us. Is yeah, it- but that was only part of the thing. Uh-huh. See, some of the thing was that we were the real Hebrews. Mm, okay. And so that's been a conversation that's been in the black community, like I said, since the 1920s. And even, yeah, even the concept of the Jews or Jewish people running the industry, which you can find them all through the top positions of the industry, like deep. Um, that's always been around too. Whether it's the music, I mean, even in the music industry with jazz, um, um, R- early R and B, blues. You know, we all seen we all seen um, the Cadillac Records. Mm. My man was Jewish. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. Mm. Um, I mean, it, it, it's not a mystery. I mean, it seems like sometimes the response to what people like Nick said, you know what I'm saying, they try to mystify or they try to, you know, distract from, you know, the the, the real fact that there are white Jewish elites that have a real grip on certain institutions, certain platforms, certain organizations within the media, or within the, you know, elite society that have a real active hand in, in uh, the play in our oppression. Oh, yeah. And, and it's been that way. Uh, you know, and despite how black people might seek to, you know, describe that, you know, mm. that that part of our oppression, you know, I definitely empathize with calling it out. Of course, uh, you know, I don't know what was said. So, of course, there is room for people to maybe clean their shit up and, and you know, not leave room for that type of response. Uh, but, so, yeah, I'm right, with the, right there with you, Key. It seemed like he walked into a situation with Professor Griff, you know what I'm saying, where you know Professor Griff is going is is already labeled as yeah. an anti-Semite. 
and it's been like that for decades. If I'm if I'm yeah. not mistaken, and I, I give I, I will give Nick this credit on this. A lot of the convers, even though he was leading conversation, a lot of the conversation was led by Professor Griff. Mm. You know, um, so that very much could have been been even a response for him being on the show. Okay, like you even let him on the show. Because, like you said, this man, I mean, he didn't have that type of stance from Public Enemy days. I mean, he'd be, Nick Cannon would have looked better having Farrakhan on. Maybe. Uh, maybe so, because Farrakhan's out now. Yeah, Farrakhan. Yeah, he, ain't, he still go hard when he need to. But you ain't talking 1987, Farrakhan, that's like a Khalid Muhammad in your, you know, mm. when he, like, Farrakhan used to be straight up, you know, Jew is the devil. So, so that's how he used to, to say it back there. And you couldn't have him on there. You got to think. Arsenio Hall had him on his own show. Arsenio Hall lost his show because of having Farrakhan on there. That's true. That's true. So, Wait, you know. Hold on. Okay, I got to get Twick in here. Get get up on the mic, Twick. What you think about Nick? All right, he said what he said, right? Mm-hmm. And he seen the black support. You know what I'm saying? For taking the stance that he did. And, you know, we was upset that he got let go. Mm-hmm. He came back and apologized. Mm-hmm. He, 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 I mean, he walked back damn near everything he said, saying that what he said was hateful, da, 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 da. I mean, what you think about that? I believe he still should have stood on the truth. And if he did apologize, apologize to the ones that he offended. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> To the to the true ones that 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 believe in humanitarianship, to the true ones that believe and that what whatever they represent, they represent the ones that's willing to bring everybody together. And if you're calling me a savage or whatever term that he he used, I believe it was a savage. If you're calling me that, I'm offended because my ways and my contribution to this religion or this belief, I don't I don't condone that. So he should apologize to those that don't condone that. Mm. But he should have said, I still stand on what I stand for, for to the ones that know exactly where I'm coming from, the ones I'm speaking to Facts. about this. You know what I'm Facts. saying? Calling them out on their conduct and their manner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if he should apologize, he should have made it specific. I, I'm apologize, but I'm apologizing to the ones that I need to apologize. I'm a, you're exactly right, Twig. He should apologize only to the Jews that are anti-Zionist. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Look, any anybody that supports Zionism is an enemy of of the people. You know what I'm saying? Is an enemy of, of of working class people. Is an enemy of people of color. Zionism is a genocidal ideology. Mm-hmm. Zionism is is committing genocide and displacing the people of Palestine right now. It's been that way for decades. Look at the black uh, power tradition that we come from, or in the tradition before that we come. We've always True. stood in solidarity with the Palestinian people. Shit is confused nowadays because of our, our leaders are confused. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, Nick, you know, saying what he said. See, I mean, I, I I I look at it like this. He should have singled out who he was specifically talking about, but I'm not sure that that might have even helped him. You're right, because that they function as a group. And the, the rich and the poor, they function as a group. 
Even though they got class differences, they had a little thing going on between them. But when it come down to outsiders, they're always going to apply maximum pressure. You know, because they work as a group. If, if you if you show this anti-Zionist type of uh, appeal, they're going to apply maximum pressure. You know, you know what I'm saying? You show if you show if 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 you show hatred towards the rich capitalist Jew, which they exist in every group. I mean, rich capitalist people exist in every group. You know what I'm saying? But if you go if you gonna speak ill towards him, you're technically speaking ill towards me as a Jew, cause I ain't even got the money. But him having the money, being in that place, he represents me. But it's just funny that it, it seems like certain segments of the Jewish population react differently to oppressed people calling out the fact that some of their oppressors are Jewish. I mean, and this is, I mean, think in about, America, it's different. Th- th- think about white people. I mean, when yeah. black people complain about our oppression, sometimes we talk about, we say, we, we label it as white people doing this to us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you can't do that with Jewish people. Yeah. You, can't, you can't just, you know what I'm saying? And I guess we have to, in, in one sense, accept it for what it is, you know what I'm saying? Because it's not our intention. To yeah. uh, malign an entire religion. Mm-hmm. Th- that's nobody in this room's attention. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So there is a need for us to be a little bit more direct and nuanced with our language. He would have you know came out better just speaking about Israel. Or Zionism. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need to get that in your lexicon. And don't get me wrong. You know what I'm saying? Get that into this. your vocabulary. We him, all do. Him having Professor Griff on there, I've heard Professor Griff speak on these subjects before. A lot of that content comes out of the book that the Nation Islam Farrakhan wrote, Secret History of the Jews and Black Men, right? And so there was the conversation, like, it didn't even do that. I don't think it did that work any good because that work was detailed. It did what you said. You see what I'm saying? It went and, and named and pointed out the the parts and things and Professor Griff goes deeper into that in, in other conversations he didn't go into all of that in this conversation you know um, and so it you didn't even get the content that you needed to get because at the end of the day you could have made an argument for it like nah this is true such and such such and such this 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 and this and that and we got proof of it but Nick looked like a weirdo on all this. I mean, Key, what you think about? I mean, he came out with complaining about black folk, right? Turning on him, or yeah. because he gave the apologies at black folk. What do you think about? I that? mean, my question is: uh, after you say what you said, and then you kind of go behind and and apologize, what's your duty to the young black boy or girl who was watching your podcast and who was maybe there listening to what you were That's saying, right feeling there. it was about to go research it? And then saw you come behind it and apologize. So now they might be a little confused or what is the truth now? What? See, how do I approach this? That's the point. See, we got people look up to Nick. Nick is getting it. Mm-hmm. He was getting it. Nick had about three, four shows going at one time. He hosting shows. Shit, Nick was getting it. Hustler. Always you know, have been. He was, getting, he was getting his money. I can't talk. I can't speak. He was getting his money. But see... We got to think of responsibility, like you said, right? Think of check the responsibility. You said what you said. People is out here. They see this. They see a Facebook post of this shit. They co-signing it. Bow. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's going on. That's what's popping. You know what I'm saying? What about the responsibility to them? Hmm. You know, because, and that's maybe where the, and that's not even, 
apologizing for the people that may be with him. That's for the person that's not connected to him. Right. Because he may mess around and put that shit on his Facebook post. Or she may put that on her Facebook post. And she worked for a Jewish person. Mm. Or she got a friend that's Jewish. That's her co-worker. And, and, you know, be on her page often. You co-sign that. Right. You know? So, yeah, you're right. Nick is showing himself as an incapable political leader in that sense. You know what I'm saying? He, and, and I don't think he was trying to be. True. Hopefully he wasn't trying to be. I mean, you know, he... Nick, for a while, has been showing a leaning towards, you know what I'm saying, his blackness. Um, When I think about Nick Cannon from Nickelodeon... I've never seen that in him. I didn't think that, you know, Nick has been making this transition for a minute, you know. Um, and, and and I and I like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not against this transition, you know. Um, it's about what you do now after that. You know, you made the statement, you didn't apologize. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm going to keep it real. Black folks will get over it. They, I mean, we'll get over that, you know what I'm saying, but then it's going to be, are you going to, you know, stand on that now? You know? Because you you had Professor, you had Professor Giff on your show, Pam. Which is, which makes the walk back so weird. Yeah, like, like you you had Professor Griff on there. Professor Griff, Hidden Colors, Mad Lectures, Ran with Public Enemy. Yeah, you had a, you had a G on your show. So, you know, uh, but I hope the best for him. You know what I'm saying? Because, like I say, it, it could be something that could good come out of this. You know, I hear Puffy say he'll take him over there on revolt. That's good to me. You know, if he do that, I think I think you know what I'm saying the thing with Wildin' Out is his own thing. But I think it's I, I don't know who it's going through. I don't know if it's going through MTV. I don't. I know mean, who I it's think it was through. going through like Viacom, CBS, or something, and that got canceled. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, it, it got canceled. He got pushed out of it, and he don't own the rights to it. You know, I'm not real sure. You know what I'm saying. So we'll see what comes from that. I'm sure some of the news is still being decided on that. I hope it work out for the brother because you know, I did sort of like the transition he was making. For sure, yeah. for sure. Um, you know what I'm saying. I just thought the turban would would signify, you know, some more <laughs> some, some more backbone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, do, it does supposed to it does do that. It's supposed to symbolize that. But yeah, man, you know, um, even with being woke. Being conscious or whatever. So let's talk about somebody who sleep. <laughs> Kanye. Wow. I feel bad for Kanye, man. I, I was about to say that brother, but can't. I, I don't even know brother the, the correct term. I mean, you know, he did say some shit that's I would consider to be treasonous. You know, um, I'm big on the ancestors. And I'm big on what they did for us, you know. And uh, him saying that, you know, uh, Harriet didn't free nobody. This woman running around with pistols. You, you can, It sound like he in the same chat rooms as Doja Cat or worse. You know what I'm saying? But you you just picking up little tidbits of of these of these pseudo intellectual white people you surround yourself with, and you just regurgitate it. That, that sounds like something regurgitated from some white alt right or white. You know what I'm saying? Some of them white folk he that Kanye surround himself with the Harriet Tubman line. That sounds like he he heard that from Elon Musk or something. I mean, it. You know, my man had a breakdown on stage. You know. Um, 
it was a lot going on, man. It was a lot to wrap up. When I looked at it, I ain't gonna lie, I was in shock afterwards. I was just stuck. So, but we had he had the vest on. Yeah. In front of the that yeah. dog, he looked craziest. I mean, I don't like. It wouldn't have been like it wasn't serious. First of all, dog, he he started popping off at a woman for wearing a mask. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, you know. It wasn't really serious at all, you know, um, like the way it was set up and things of that such nature, you know. Um, even Kim didn't even know what was going on. His own wife, you know. So it was, you know, I just, you know, <laughs> we got to do better. We got to do better by our people, too. Like, you know, uh, he, he got, you know, we got to reach out. To him. Somebody got to reach out to him, man. And we got to definitely provide our people better alternatives and support the alternatives, you know what I'm saying, that... I mean, I, I see too many people still attached, you know what I'm saying, still, you know what I'm saying, where, where they're trying to give some credence to, uh, you know, Kanye's path, where I see it more of, like, this brother's lost crisis situation and he need to be saved. Mm. Some people still holding out, like, he might got something. It's like, nah, bro. Like, yeah, but like you said, it, 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 and that shows we got to do better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We got to do better. And, um, you know, yeah. I mean, on the psychological thing, I mean, I said like this, you know, there has been times I've, I've read certain cases of individuals going through a real bad state for about two, three years mentally coming up out of it with sharper and clearer minds hmm. and purpose. You said two, three years? Yeah, about two, three years. I, I mean, that's what I've I've read. Kanye, so, Kanye about a decade deep. It might be. It might take a decade for some people. You know, but like, you know, I would have, I, I, this ain't the Kanye I remember in the beginning. Some changed. Um, I don't know how y'all feel about that, but some changed, you know. I don't want to judge him, but if anybody's seen that shit like I seen it, yeah, it 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 was something there. Um, Twi, you get a chance to see any of this uh, news from Kanye recently, or are you just the headlines? I've been hearing hearing it through uh, hearing it um, through conversation. Yeah, as far as what took place and. My take on, on on the brother is that, for one, he's an entertainer. Mm. That's number one. And he's a brand mm. for number two. He's a Gemini for number three. And he's a medicated Gemini for number four. So, it's so much going on in that brother's mind where he's an entertainer, he's a brand, he's a Gemini, and he's medicated. So that means if this brother is an entertainer, spotlight. If this brother is a brand, if it's right or wrong, if it stir up, you know what I'm saying, the fish in the water... If it creates controversy, if it creates dialogue, if his name circulates, you know what I'm saying? It help and it assists that 
portion of him being a, a hidden agenda. You know what I'm saying? So I'm quite sure so many hidden agendas within him because of who he is. He's a mixture of contradiction. He's a mix of duality, polarity, and he's a business. He's a brand. Now, I heard them come out and say that he is... I, I agree with everything Aki said. He came out and said that his intention with running for president is to make sure... He said this on the podcast. You know, he said this publicly. His, his intention is to make sure Joe Biden does not win. You know, that that's the reason he's he's running. So what says the alternative? I mean, he wants he wants. Trump. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I agree mean, with him. I, I agree mean, with him. But. I, I, I mean, he states that he would, he wants to win, but also that you know uh, he he also admitted that it, the the chances are slim, and that uh, what the number one thing he wants to see beyond that is Joe Biden losing. And look at the options we got. We got Joe Biden. We got Trump, and we got a medicated brother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a medicated <coughs> brother. And these are the options in conversation. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if you can't get your thoughts together to even think about, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I be I shouldn't be so impulsive. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? With whatever I'm thinking, whatever I'm saying, however I'm functioning. Or... If he's actually thinking about really what he's about to say and really what he's about to do, he has a hidden agenda. You know what I'm saying? I think we're dealing with individuals. All of them got hidden agendas. <laughs> Biden, Trump, and him. Yeah. All of them got something behind that, that that we don't know nothing about. And they putting forth whatever they putting forth to get the people. Either get the people stirred up or on their side or whatever they doing. You know what I'm saying? But it's about the people. You know? So... I don't know what's going on, but the options we got ain't what's happening. Either way, you cut it and slice the situation. We in some shit either way it go. Exactly right. And especially if we talking about conversation with Kanye actually running for president. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and where we come to? Actually, and, in reality. There's so many shit going on in his head, and there's so many distractions for us in this moment. Because we have to remember, just like Aki said right here, just like Twix said right here, we ain't got no good options. But you know, you know what, you know how we can shoot 100 percent from the field. Invest some of that energy we would invest into electoral politics, into ourselves, into our community. Yes, you know what I'm saying. Which has to take place before we can even wield that vote mm -hmm. as a collective in a meaningful way. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying. It has to be driven by something real. Something uh, you know. It has to be driven by our unity. Yeah. Yes. You know, and uh, that will be one tool in the toolbox. You know what I'm saying? We, we, we so focus on getting that one shiny tool, you know what I'm saying? Because we've been socialized to, to focus on it, hyper-focus on it. We forgetting about the we we forgetting about the purpose of the toolbox mm -hmm. and what we building by, by focusing on one shiny tool. That's electoral politics. And Kanye West is, you know, a big part of the, the matrix or the superstructure of the society that's really, you know, distracting us from, uh, you know, and, and really not just distracting us, but, you know, violently oppressing mm -hmm. us as well, away from that goal, away from that that path of autonomy, of self-determination. You know, Kanye West, he, he sits like a lapdog at the feet of powerful mm -hmm. white men. He, he, he does. He worships that. He, mean, Kanye West, he's been for the past decade damn near. First, it was white designers. Then it was white inventors and white politicians. True. He loved them. 
Yeah, and I and I keep it white women, but I keep it real too. <laughs> um, I mean, he said he said he always envisioned himself being with the Kardashians, literally before he even met her. Didn't he talk about watching the Ray J sex tape before? Yeah, yeah, that be you know. That's but crazy. It go back to what uh Twix said about hidden agendas, you know. Um, the biggest thing with a celebrity when you talk about it in the concept of a, a nationalist coming from a nationalist point of view is the biggest threat or the biggest thing you would worry about with a celebrity is can a celebrity be bought now we look at what's going on with Kanye but Kanye been having money issues you know a lot of things that he did try to do with the, with the, uh, with the clothing line and things like that it didn't work out for him you know um it happens. Lost a lot of money. You made a lot of money, but you lost a lot of money. Um, even possibly seeing all of that stuff go on. I mean, that's enough to goddamn give you a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. I've seen plenty of people have nervous breakdowns when they go broke. And 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 I just want to add on just real quick. Anytime you a brother, man, and you get liposuction. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what? <laughs> now I'm 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 not I'm not knocking nobody that has the money to to either fix or do anything to 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 make yourself feel like whoever you trying to feel like. You know what I'm saying? Within yourself, I ain't knocking it. But at the same time, we talking about masculinity and manhood, and we, and we talking about, about masculinity bland, and manhood speaking on brothers. You know what I'm saying? A brother gonna let it ride, man. You know what I'm saying? Or a brother wow. gonna hit the gym. You know what I'm saying? A brother gonna take it for what it is. So think about the mind state and the thoughts that made that brother go ahead and take that approach to his body, to his transformation, or to whatever that he felt like, you, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Shots. Whatever he felt like that was sticking to him, or, or you know what I'm saying? And to his truth. I mean, think about the, the mentality. The, uh, yes, think about the mentality. Wow. And this is dealing with your, your personal self. <laughs> like, your, your person, this is not dealing with the body of people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is not dealing with the population. This is it's not telling your personal self. You know what I'm saying? So think about the levels of weak reconstruction that you went through within your personal self. Think about the get unha- you there. Think about the unhappiness and the unfulfillment for whatever in that point in time that you put yourself on and to go through those. You know what I'm saying? Those drastic, those drastic measures. I think they're drastic measures. <laughs> drastic measures. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm like, we, we saw what's going on, bro. We saw this start when that nigga was on Ellen and started talking. You know what I'm saying? I'm ain't about to do it. This nigga started talking like he was. You know, you already know. His tone changed up. That's just, that. That's maybe even more drastic than the lipo. And see, and then this the and real quick. I'm, I'm gonna let you go. Yeah. You work. I just want to say this. And, and to be honest, I didn't even hear about Timberland doing no shit like that. And we speak about entertainers. So I just want to throw yeah. Timberland out there because you know Timberland. He come from a family that's has a certain bill. Yeah, and got mass on their body. And he got he, buffed out. And he hit the gym. Him and what's his name? Yes, but he also realized that, hey, I just got fat genes. This is just who I am. This is the people I come Except. from. So he went back and forth with working out and probably letting, letting it slip a little bit and then probably getting it back in. You know what I'm saying? And accepting, hey, this is just my build. This is how I am. But he put that work in. As a man, he put that work in. You know what I'm saying? We talking about a brother. So I just wanted to say that real quick because it popped in my mind. I key like... 
it's different. Look at the approaches. You yeah. know what I'm saying? As, as far as brothers mentally. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know, Aki, but go ahead. I ain't gonna cut I, you off. I, I, I just had to get that know, out. I, I understand that, Aki. And and that's why and, and it's sad, cause you know, we talking about hip hop. And that lets you know how good a good hip hop beat maker can make you feel. Cause I still had hope for him, cause I think about those beats. <laughs> Yo, and that, and that and leads how me. Good they was. That leads me to the point of going back to what you said about the hidden agenda. Uh, I think we're starting to see a trend where Kanye only comes out or talks politically, or we have these these outbursts or whatever you want to call them when he's about to release music, when he's about to release an album. And you see that intertwined in his tweets. One minute he'll be talking political, and then he'll say, okay, I'm about to just work on this music. Donda coming out Friday never happens. So it's just like, at that point, I got to start questioning you. Even what you're saying, is it real? What's the motive? Is it what you in it for? But, you know, if you're dealing with the psychology thing, and like I keep saying, he got a lot of stuff going on. He got a Gemini in him, you know, and all of those different things like a, that. A, that can, a medicated Gemini. A medicated Gemini. Take that back. Not a just medica- regular. Yeah, a medicated <laughs> Gemini. You got all that stuff. You can't focus on your music. So, yeah, one minute you be in there making beats. The next minute, damn it, I'm running for president today. Because it's, it's, all, it's, it's all thrown off. Like, I'm like, okay, when you in the house with your wife, you know, that's who you chose to marry. So I figured y'all should have, you know, a home life. Like, is you on that when you in the crib? But real quick, though, since we on the subject, just think about it. Isn't, isn't Trump, Joe Biden, and Kanye West America? Yeah. All of you know what I'm saying? All of oh, all of you know what yeah. I'm saying? Every every like that, every bit of it. of it, every every bit of it, what every bit of it? You know, they, this they are the nucleus. Yeah. If we really think about the mind fuck that we're under, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They are America at its finest. You know what I'm saying? Give us liberty or give us death, but you can't be free, America. You know what I'm saying? We stand with you. You know what I'm saying? We gonna kill you. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Like, yeah. You know, the hypocrisy. And he go to catch with that. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's, he going with the representation of fascism. Of narcissism, because he supports Trump. He supports Trump. Like the, the brother oh, got a white woman, or or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Look at the for real, for real. You know what I'm I saying? Mean, it makes sense. And, and 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 look at the one he chose. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not discrediting anybody for their taste. I'm not saying they don't have class. I'm just talking about this, whatever steps they took to get to where they at, including him. You know what I'm saying? And what the what they make together right now. You know what I'm saying? The ideal, I don't even want to say ideal, but the the partnership that they make up right now. Yeah. That's America. Right? Mm, yeah. Completely. Yeah, all the way. You know what I'm saying? So look at that, though. You know, so... When we really think about this brother, 
we still love him. We still gonna love him. We still wanna love him, right? You know what I'm saying? Because it's a lot of brothers than renters, right? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? If, it, if, it, if he wasn't Kanye and his beats wasn't so damn great, we wouldn't give a damn. Right. You feel me? And America been done turned they ass the fucks. Can we cuss one? Yeah, we can cuss The fuck <laughs> out. And they've you been turning us out. Been turning us out. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, look at here. What we go what we gonna do with this example? Do we call it out for what it is? Or do we accept it for what it is? Because it's America. And right now it's a lot of uprisings, a lot of us against certain perceptions that America put in in front of our face and say, if you like it or not, this is what it is. And this is what you're gonna have to go ahead and get single file line. And go towards the guillotine, get your motherfucking head cut off. You know what I'm saying? This is what you're going to have to do. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people believing that's what they got to do. Yeah. Because they being forced, you know what I'm saying, to believe. And they always using the ones that's very influential. Either how they act or Mm -hmm. the things that they do to get us to follow suit. You know what I'm saying? That's that assimilation. Yes, sir. Well, see, that's the catch. See, that go back to something. That they did to us. That's why reparations is important. And regaining that wealth that they took from us. Because them locking us out of the industry all of those years, you know, um, we got inroads in, but even with those people, guess what? They was a price yeah. that they was willing to sell for. Real quick. Because it just popped in my mind. Think about the the Negro League of Baseball. True indeed. But we didn't feel complete, and we never feel complete. This is America. This is how America made us feel. We never feel complete until we are among them, a part of them, Come on, whatever they do. That. You know exactly. what I'm saying? That's and that's, in, that's with everything. So it started a long time ago. Long time ago. We, we believe, See, this been you going know what I'm saying? Long time ago. We believe our destiny is Americanization. We believe yeah, our yeah. destiny is, you know, elevating to where American society is and getting accepted into this shithole. Now, see, mm-hmm. you're right. Now, we're going to bring it to the politics of it. Because, see, now, we live in a world, in America, black America, specifically, black liberation is considered to be, or I should say, American culture and and hip-hop culture in today has been saturated with the chase the bad culture. Mm -hmm. And the chase the bad culture has been replaced for liberation. Mm -hmm. So we think of liberation in a tune of getting the money. Getting money. Which they always kept from us. Which they always kept you from know us. What I'm saying? So they always kept us running from it. The bag right? is the carrot on the on the on the stick. Yeah, and that's really because they never been honest and they never been true. And, and, you know, and did right by us. If we having that convo about how to get the bad culture has replaced our liberation politics over the past three, four, five decades, as far as you know, the popular culture in our community. It's black capitalism. It's we, a new name for black capitalism. We got to we got to talk about Jay Z being just as harmful as a Kanye, if not more. Oh, yeah. If not oh, more. Yeah. Getting, oh yeah. Getting us attached to this idea of get the bad culture, and you know, the time for kneeling when it comes to Kaepernick, and the time for 
protest is over with because we working these deals. We got this mm. bag and we working the deals behind closed doors. And then we're bringing those deals to the community in the ways, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that's their idea of uh, an actual uh, program for liberation. Yeah. They're so detached, you know, that they can have these type of temporary short-term financial finance financed engagements. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And, and they think that this is uh meaningful. But see, that's something. They're not stupid. Though. Jay-Z know his limit. Mm-hmm. These people knew their limits. They try see it's been people mm-hmm. see I don't never want to say and, and real quick okay, they know their limits and in this they, system. And, and they know when they when they push too far, they know how to apologize well too. True indeed. Because they, they'll apologize with an album, you know yeah. what I'm saying, or, or they'll apologize with uh with some with a maybe a little bit more thought out type of uh, or they might send some money to a protester yeah. too. It'd be based folks. on their influence though, how big that big of an influence they got. They would they they they, they can replace them, but like th- that's you know if we listen to the radio because it is plenty of hip hop that exists right now that's not chase the bag oriented. You know, and, and it can be on all levels, whether it's some straight street gutter shit, whether it's some smooth shit, whether it's some traditional MCing. It's plenty of hip hop that is available that is not about that. But because the radio is controlled by them, they still control that radio. See, the Internet, it do give you the ability now. You just got to put the music out. If you and, can get, but that's still controlled to some extent. Ain't that something? We'll talk about how we mad that we don't own the institutions that inform and entertain our people. And people get mad at us for, oh, you misnamed the oppressor. You know, they'll, they'll play some semantic game. They won't yeah. ever take up the people critiquing Nick Cannon. They're not taking up his critique of our lack of self-determination, our lack of autonomy. True indeed. They're not no. going to take that up. No, they're not going to take that up. Because, see, the catch is, is this. They one, they either they don't know, and if they do know, that's not their thing. They their their desire, like you said, and like we've been like we discussed earlier, is to assimilate, to yeah. be a part of this, to to accept the token game. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Yeah, we, we can proceed with you know good tokens you leading know, the way. That's their pursuit. So it's like the capitalist culture. Is the crab in the barrel syndrome. The, the capitalist culture produces the only strong survive, survival of the fittest. That's the mentality of capitalism. That's what it produces because capitalism, you're always chasing something. There's a hierarchy at the top of it that got the wealth and the power. And then the people that's below that are always fighting like crabs in a bucket to get to the top. And so we do, We live with that every day in the hood, right? We see that every day in the hood. It's that type of mentality that's produced from the poverty that we live in that produces some of the hustlers and the gangsters and then they have to do these type of things to survive. And every time we step up, somebody step up, we bring them down. You know what I'm saying? We look at the, we look at the bad instead of the good. You know, we don't pay attention to the intention. You know what I'm saying? It's so many motherfuckers sitting back Waiting for niggas to fuck up, number one. Yeah. But when we step up to go ahead and try to prove ourselves, or we step up because of that inner ancestor in us, force us to step up even if we don't want to. 
You know what I'm saying? And we end up running running into our identity crisis in certain situations where we got to figure out if I'm going to continue to listen to that voice or I'm going to continue to listen to the bag or however it go. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And as a people, when one step up, we don't really support them and give them what we and, and, and give them the, yeah. the 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 wind underneath their wings to continue to fly in the direction that the ancestors want them to go into. Yeah. We gonna ridicule them and look for everything, you know what I'm saying? That they're done, that they're doing wrong, you know what I'm saying? And that's most we gotta check ourselves on that but too. Some, hey, some people be looking for an excuse to be inactive for real. Yeah. And I say period. This too. That's the thing that really makes all of this. Uh, uh, man, uh, like even with Nick and Kanye that's the lesson though to me that comes out of this see we we we're speaking about people are speaking bad about them and I said some shit I'm just I mean I got love for him I want to get better I just think the move was wrong and Kanye I just don't know what's going on with you player you know I'm a little confused you know I'm a little curious and I'm worried and real quick, I'm, I'm thinking about look at their system, my key, the the Epstein's and all that. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying, man? It's so many of them. They just one example, but it's so many of them, which is the majority, low key, high key. Mm-hmm. The majority of them get down like that. And they they hide them. They don't say nothing about they them. them. They make a phone call about them. The they see, still work together. See, they still support. You see. know what I'm saying? They still keep their solidarity. But they, see, they catch with you. That. Know what I'm saying? And that's the, that's Where's ours though? When I fuck though. up a slip up though. Yeah, but you see, know what I'm saying? In this, though. See, the lesson in all of this is that, like, okay, go back to what you said, Sonny. The lack. Of self determination, and I some of the I say power. We're still in their industry, and the, what you're talking about when you say somebody steps up, they got to step up and step out, and they have to really step out. See, Puffy wanted to do revolt. But he had to do revolt through their industry. You know, even Byron Allen, he bought the Weather Channel. I had he had the the pretty much the six billion dollars to say I'm gonna buy the Weather Channel, and he bought it, and he got other channels. Why are he going to court? He should be set, right? That's what he went to court for. He's saying that y'all won't even let me set up my own joint. Mm-hmm. Y'all got this industry set up where I can't even set up my own joint. So you ain't playing in the fair game. But then even when you set up your own joint behind the scenes, for Nick, Nick Cannon example, his manager is Jewish. Some of the people he works with is Jewish. So then you still have that big piece, that big influence, even when you might own it or semi-own it or be the face of it. You got all these people in the background that's on you and got that influence. And so, really, are you truly free? Do you truly own? Now, now you hit it. You hit it at the note. See, that's when you. That's when we get yeah. into the revolutionary theories. I, it, I, I was thinking about black power. Yeah. Once he said that, when you start getting into those revolutionary theories and applying that to hip hop, right? We don't control the means, mode, production the actual things to be able to produce the music. 
to distribute the music out. Right. You know, they got a network set up so large that even when we try to jump outside of it, they're still able to pierce us because even as individuals, they got what, I, what Twig said over here, loyalty and allegiance to each other, right? So that goes to what we do in our politics every day in the political arena, but also, but also it goes into the... Um, the way we do in hip-hop and in the politics of hip-hop so we'll we don't we'll we'll combat go to war have struggle you know what i'm saying we had these protests we'll do all these little different things we still don't control it so in the politics of every day we act with reformist modes reform is not actually trying to change the system it's trying to reform just the way the system works so we trying to work within the system. So we still have connections to the system. We trying to reform this hip hop. We trying to get back control of this hip hop. You really need a revolution, right? And, and the ideology behind your actions is is everything here, right? Because mm -hmm. we do need a more comfortable launching pad for a revolution. Yeah. And, and reform does go into it. Yeah. But a lot of people think reform is the end to itself. Where if we just make a more comfortable position within this within this current system that this can be liberatory or that we will even survive what's to come environmentally socially politically economically uh you know that's putting your trust into a system and refusing to build outside of it you know what i'm saying if you're willing to accept you know certain type of perceptions you know about uh our place here yeah and about our americanness now go back to something that that key said that i liked and that i mentioned that it reminded me of black power now you mentioned about the effect of these type of relationships in the business world right between uh nick cannon and some of the people that he works with on the business side i mentioned black power it's a book by charles v hamilton and kwame Ture, my namesake right uh, they wrote a book called Black Power. I think it's the second or third chapter in that book is called The Myth of Coalition Building. Mm -hmm. Now, now it's talking about politically. You, you're talking about the business world, but I see the correlation politically. You know, that chapter, it talks about how we cannot form effective, meaningful, viable coalitions with any group until we have unity and have a, a black nationalist politic within that is organized at a national level, not just talked about and nuanced and give it a postmodern uh, take. And, you know, it has to be something we really engage in and organize on a national basis, or at least begin to, if we're going to begin to form viable, meaningful, sustained coalitions it's that you, 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 you don't see many coalitions for our liberation where's the coalition that supports our national determination and our national liberation where's the coalition of non-black non-new African groups that support that yeah. where is it at it's not there currently because one we know that they're not they're not going to be on it until we're on it you know what I'm saying as a collective you know, on a national basis to a much higher degree. I ain't going to say it, it's never going to be absolute. You know what I'm saying? This movement, the movement that leads to our liberation will be begun by a non-majority of black people. <laughs> and we got to accept it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but there has to be a much stronger sense of collective unity. Yeah. And, and just 
organizational strength and, and, and planning and strategy making on a national scale between organization organizers before effective coalitions can be had. Same thing economically. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. Until we have some independent economics, you know what I'm saying, within our community on a on a on a local, state, regional, national scale, you know what I'm saying, where we have, you know, more cohesive, more well organized and funded uh black uh trade organizations, black prom black prom plumbers, black electricians, black music producers, black hairstylists, black PTAs. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, we need, you know, we really got to, you know, go into it with that type of politics. It can't be no politic that's really forwarded by, you know, the Jay-Z's and the Kanye's and whatnot. And I say this, too. A lot of us in the intention, the intention of why you do this music. It's sort of like I, I thought about this when I look at a lot of older NBA players. And they always criticize the new school sometimes because they say we didn't play for the money, we played for the love of the game. And so when you get into hip hop, to be sincere to it, you got to love it for the you got to uh, love it for the culture. You know, now if we're gonna have freedom in hip hop, if we're gonna have control of it, because you know we live in an era where people say hip hop don't belong to black people. Exactly. And this is where it gets into the culture versus industry argument. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I look at it in this way. Hip-hop was born in the ghettos in New York. You know, there was Latinos and blacks, you know, of course, who got involved. And eventually white people who liked it, they started got involved. This was in the early stages, though. You know, um, hip-hop is attractive and magnetic like that is you know just do that black music yes yeah, black music you know continuation of the tradition and so even though the culture was about us everything that we was rapping about is what we was doing in the hood the clothes the style the way we talk the way we walk the way we dance all the elements the, the street art like it was literally a straight up and down culture you know to whereas when you go to the party and y'all doing the music and you got the call and response with the DJ and the MC that shit was spiritual so it it, it was you know the black community hands on deck determining who was the leader you know what I'm saying who who who's a leader who who can have control of the mic as an MC in this space, yep. black people are going to democratically decide, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But but today, in this, you know, now that we have a hip-hop industry, now that it's an industry, you know what I'm saying, in American capitalism, who decides? Who decides who's the leader? Record company. Who, who's giving them? Who, who, the corporation. Who, who's it let to be the my controller? The corporation. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think this, I mean, we, we could really take it back. You know what I'm saying? Just think about the oral, the, uh, the orating tradition African traditions, you know what I'm saying? Just think about the griot tradition. You know what I'm saying? That's a respected, revered tradition. You know what I'm saying? That's why in hip-hop, initially, you you heard stuff like, you know what I'm saying, like you have to, you know, have some skill and have, and be able to show your shit to be able to rock a mic in a crowd. And, and you know I'm saying? Be, because 
it's being described. It's being decided. I know I'm using a, a political term, yeah. but it's being decided democratically if you got what it takes. Communally. You know what I'm saying? That for us to spend our time on you. And let alone from that. In the early stages of hip hop, the DJ was the center. Hmm. He was the focus. And you definitely had to be decent to be on the mic. The, M- the DJ would not put you on the mic if your shit was whack. If your skills was whack, you got to be able to get up there. You got to be able to say some shit fly, like you said, Sonny, and, and rock the crowd. It was a, it's a, it was an art form. And it's evolved through time, you know. Um, but we decided because it was still it still belonged to the streets. You know what I'm saying? Hip hop still belonged to the people at that time. So, you know. You had to be the best in your hood. Then next thing you know, you, you try to become best on your side of town or maybe your city. And then, you know, luckily you may luck up and get on the radio. See, they still control the radio. We don't necessarily even use the distribution now. But they still control the radio. That's the part of the industry. That's the last, I think, hold that they got is the fact that they control the radio. You know, I mean, like, um, I don't knock, like, even now, I don't knock, I don't knock white MCs. Because we the type, if you can come amongst us, you can prove yourself amongst us, give your props. That's always existed. You know, um, we even did that in the jazz times. If you could play the damn horn. And you white and you willing to come around there and hang with us and play with us? Okay, bring your ass around here. We ain't never had the racist tennis. <laughs> you know, that wasn't our thing. They, that came with them. You know, and, and so we've shown to be open to it, but like nowadays anybody can come into hip hop and then now they had they don't even have to go through the validation of the black community. Or the streets. They gotta go through the club. That's about it. If that, if in the radio, maybe. Now, I mean, now it's online too. You know what I'm saying? Now, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, now it's online too. As far as you know, how people is is getting noticed, and that makes it even more individualized. Yeah. That makes it even less communal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we gatherings. That's, that's why hip hop has to be very intentional and deliberate about still remaining communal. We have to be deliberately communal. But we I think we have, we have to figure that out. Because we got to think it. When hip-hop first came into conception, it was different. You know, we didn't have radio access like that. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the hip-hop you was hearing was coming out of New York. And let alone from that, music was based in locale to some extent still then. So, you know, a new song may come out in New York. We may not get it down in North Carolina two months later. It's been jumping in New York on the local radio stations for two months. Then we get on it. You know, it was regional. And don't get me wrong, through the advancement of technology, it's advanced now. To the point of you could drop a track right now and it's everywhere. Brazil, Japan, United States, the Caribbean, London, and in Russia. All at once, you know, the and and that's where some of the freedom is coming back to it at though, because you can use that avenue to do that. Then all you got to do is set up your tours, hope it pop off, and set up your tours. 
if you got the drive and the determination and the time and, and, and hopefully some some capital <laughs> to pop it off, you know what I'm saying? It, it's possible. So in in all of this, there could be some form of freedom. But, but, but also, Aki, just think about the terms that you're talking about it in. You're talking about a journey for an artist that is, you know, centered around capitalism in a sense. That's, I'm talking about an artist that's trying to... Oh, they try to get into the industry. The, 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 he, whether he's trying to get into the industry or even in the process of right now trying to get out. Now, mm-hmm. the catch is this. If, if we're trying to... We're not doing that. That's, the, that's what I've said in the beginning. It's about the intention. Right. See, if our intention is to gain power and we want to control our industry, right? Free from them. It could go either way, and you know, depending on the persons and, and the people and the movements intention. And, and I and I, I responded to you that way because I have a lot of conversation with hip hop artists, mm-hmm. and a lot of times they only really speak about the art in terms of its potential for industry success. True. You know what I'm saying? And they only see their art in those terms in the sense they only maybe even see hip hop as an art form in the in, in the sense of industry success. That's how they value it. You know, too much to too high of a degree. You know what I'm saying? It, I, you know, I, I like to remind people, yo, hip hop, black music, is that feeling that you feel when you're in a group. You know what I'm saying? Uh, like list, like in, a, in an audience or you know performing it. You know what I'm saying? That's hip hop. That's the culture. See, you know the I'm culture saying? hip hop is in the underground. You know, it, 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 it's that it, it's the collective experience. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's the it's the collective. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, it's the collectivity of it. That that's the culture. It's not it's not about industry industry success or views or plays or money. You know what I'm saying? That ain't got nothing to do with the culture. That's just the industry. Yeah, and that's the point. See, we mainstream hip hop is industry hip hop. Cultured hip hop is generally always underground hip hop. Mm-hmm. That's what it's become. When industry took over, industry hip hop is rarely cultural. Yeah, yeah, rarely cultural. And when it, from its inception, coming in, looking at, said, "Damn, we can make money off this." From that point of them seeing that shit, and then them going and infiltrating the culture, setting up an apparatus of structure in the culture. The distribution lines, you know what I'm saying, which is mainly really what it was—the distribution. Set up a, a distribution system within it that they control, and kept the access. They changed the whole access point up, so it wasn't, you know, you had to go. It was certain stations and stuff you had to listen to to get hip hop mixtapes, concerts. So people travel to a concert back then. You, if you live in D.C., you'll travel to Philadelphia or Baltimore to go see Kumo D. Or Big Daddy Kane. So let's let's switch gears a little bit, you know, since we're talking about kind of the difference between hip-hop culture, hip-hop industry. We have two amazing hip-hop artists in the room. Mm-hmm. Three, if you include me. But Mm-mm. let's talk to Key and Twick real quick. Three I, wise I, men. I, I mentioned I mentioned that hip hop is something experienced, and for artists, it's something that 
is more so experienced on stage than anything you can experience in a in, you know in a studio electronically recording digitally recording a song like hip hop's much more experienced on the stage with the people you know what I'm saying what you know just talk about what have been some of y'all's experiences on the stage you know maybe not everybody might not get that type of uh perspective you know what I'm saying a lot of people see hip hop shows but as a performer that's been in front of stages before what has been that experience like for you in a, in a cultural basis? You know what I'm saying? How has it, you know, made you feel, feel connected with people, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, that's kind of like the drive or has become the drive is uh, having those experiences with other people, whether it be on stage, whether it be I'm at the club or whether I'm just sitting on the couch with somebody showing them the music. I think you're hitting on a, a good point in terms of, uh, the relationship, the 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 tribe, the the collective yeah. piece of it, uh, being able to see uh, the expressions on people's face or or the reaction to a certain line, I think is is really what we're talking about and really the important piece uh, that hits home for me. Or even just being in the club and having that one song turn on that it get the same reaction out of everybody that's in there mm-hmm. or that, that, all the time, every single time, followed, by, followed up by another song that just heightens it. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, a, it's really a, a communal thing, like you said, uh, something that just vibrates without even having to really be seen for real, for real, you know what I'm saying? But I, I think that's an important piece is just like the feedback that you get, the the sharing of it. You know what I'm saying? The energy that you feed on and off with each other. Now, Aki, answer, you can answer that question. Also, I mean, what role does performing your music have in your life? You know what I'm saying? Like, like when that comes in your life, when those opportunities come in your life, what does that signal? What do you feel in those moments? Leading up to it, preparing for it, and in the moment. Well, it, it depends what phase of an artist. And we all go through growth. And some of us want to perform and be seen they just want to hit the stage they love they love that rush you know and then some of us go in there with intentions to be like when they see me or they hear me they don't see or hear me Mm. they see and hear my intentions Mm. and they see and hear themselves in me come on now you know so it, it depends on the individuals that we speaking on. We And we, it depends on on what phase and what stage there is within their growth when it comes to really knowing who they are and what they are and why, why they have a voice and how they're going to use their voice. You know, and of course, it's our influences, like what influences us, you know, but it's nothing like being feeling a part of something. So, yes, like our brother said, it's nothing like being in the club and knowing that one song that comes on to make us all feel the same way. And we done heard it at different times in different situations, you know what I'm saying? But right now, we get a moment together where we're hearing it and we get, we giving off the same energy when we heard it separately somewhere else at a different mm-hmm. different time. So that collective spirit. So it's, 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 it's about that vibration that's in that music. It's about that vibration that touches us. You know what I'm saying? Get us wherever we are and make us feel the same exact way. You I, know? I feel everything y'all saying. And I just got to share this quick story. This is me and Key, uh, one of our early performances. You know what I'm saying? We we had a few duds, you know what I'm saying, performance-wise, early in our performance. We've probably been, been performing music together almost closer to 10 years now around uh, you know get, getting around 10 years now just performing. We've been, of course, making music for longer than that. 
Um, yeah, it's been ten years. It, it has been it's ten been years. A long time, bro. And uh, I'm thinking about you know probably this is like maybe five years ago, maybe our first or second time performing at PG in Evansville. Yeah. This was probably the our breakthrough show. You know what I'm saying? The the show that really you know kind of let us know from a performance angle. This ain't just something we gotta do as artists. This is something yeah. that feels amazing. Yeah. It can feel amazing, not just nerve nerve wracking, but you know the connection that we made on stage was real. I just remember you was performing a, a verse, I think, from your song "1201." Mm. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it's a black, middle aged black man in the audience. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I just remember a line that you had said had resonated with him so hard. And "1201" that was a song about. Was, it was, it was a song about police brutality. Yeah, it was maybe a song about it, Eric Gardner. It was a time yeah. a brother I got killed by yeah. the police, I believe. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Been Eric Gardner, rest in peace. And exactly. And uh, you know, you had said something about police brutality, you know, being a black man. It resonated with so much. I just remember his 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 primal response almost to my brother right here during the performance. He would it wasn't he he said, Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm Strong saying? and loud over I could hear him over everybody. And mind you, this is a predominantly white crowd. So to hear him say that, let me know, like, okay, there's a certain type of connection here between me and my black brother right here. Mm. And I felt that to the point that it almost stopped me dead in my tracks while I'm performing, like, damn. Mm. I have that impact. So that opened my mind up to, like, man, this is this is deeper than just, like, being in the studio and writing a few lyrics and laying it down. Like, this could really touch people. And mind you, this dude is, he was, I feel like he was older than me. 10 years older than me, easily, probably. Easy. Easily. So I'm like, dang, I can connect all ages, all, you know what I'm saying? And see, like hip-hop, that. that's yeah. the beautiful thing about hip-hop. Hip-hop was born from black people. And just because it was born from black people, that means it's spiritual. At, at the end of the day, um, what you just talked about was a, 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 a not as, I don't want to go that, I ain't trying to make it like that, spook it out. Take it there, bro. No, I ain't spook it out like that. But it's like hip hop is born from our experience. So when you spoke that about police brutality, you heard that brother feel that. That came from a a collective experience yes. that black people have in America that come from our pain. And that's sort of why when other people come into hip hop, it's very hard. To hear them in the list, even if they come from the struggle. And I, you're right, you're right. They come from struggle in their life. It's hard because you don't come from us. People don't understand, like, y'all all been in church before. You all know when the collective energy in, is in church is such that everybody's on the same wavelength. Everybody's listening to the same chords and the, the same snare down. and the same the spirit syllable. You know what I'm saying? Everybody and that we call we call it many different things. Yeah, but, but you feel something when everybody's on the same thing as you. You feel it. People don't understand in hip hop. We feel that. Yeah, as black people and especially as black men in a lot of ways. Hip hop gives that to us yeah, in the same way the church does. Of course, it's styled differently and it feels different. But as far as that collective, you know, uh, uh, Nirvana, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Th that comes from hip hop, man. And, and people come into hip hop too often irreverently. Yeah, you know what I'm saying for our culture and for our 
our our tradition, our history, because you know, hip hop is is you know just um uh it's uh I guess the summary, not the summary, but you know, it's the product of all that came before it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It, it's a snowball of all that came before it mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Because it was born out of a certain generation at a certain time period, who were the babies or something. And what was going on before it. Most of those children that was in the foundation of hip-hop. Because hip-hop really go back to like 71. You know. Just, it, it, that's just from the, the MC. I mean the DJ and in the parks. Mm-hmm. You know in New York. It, a certain things started in the 70s. Where they started doing the DJing joints in the park. And a lot of that's why most of the early people who was in hip-hop were the DJs. Mm-hmm. That's why it was the primary focus. So. It's definitely it has its roots that's connecting it to the the music before it, you know, because they were spending the tracks of their time, you know. So it got that connection to it. But let alone from that, it's like that's what to me made made me made me say that it's spiritual, mm-hmm. because a person can feel hip hop from just the 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 beauty of it, the way the lyrics come. The way the the way it sounds, right? And that could be on any type of hip hop. It can be on some straight gangster shit. It can be on some love. It can be on some mental. It can be on some political. You know, it could be on any level like that. But like, they can't feel it on that level because of that experience. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, I even if you a black man and you never been chased by the police, I guarantee you, you know somebody who have. Even though your mama never may have been struck out on crack, I guarantee you, you may know somebody who have. And plus, the if you're from the hood, the culture that we were that we grew up with was filled with those messages, was filled with our collective experience, and that's all that that's part of us. And even now, you know what I'm in, in, in ways that you know. In, way, in ways that are real You know what I'm saying yeah. Like uh, hip hop raised us mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying Like like And gave us collective experiences That we all Felt before We felt them Or felt Before uh, or, or, or felt through music Without feeling them Maybe individually at all Yeah And I believe The reason why It resonates with us So much Because I keep on The spiritual aspect You know what I'm saying It's because It's ceremonial there you go. That's, that's why it. it's the way it is. Mm-hmm. And that's why we feel the way we feel. You know, and and the moments when we do express ourselves and we say whatever we do say, that's the that's the storytelling. You know what I'm saying? And that's whenever that, that fire get lit in the village, you know what I'm saying? Whenever the ancestors start beating on the drums or the or the bongos doing whatever they doing, whenever they start dancing and kicking up dust, you know what I'm saying? The same the same spirits is within us. We are the ancestors. You know what I'm saying? So we just had to figure out in which way do we communicate during this day and age in this lifetime, during this body cycle. What you know what I'm saying? And so we have to navigate through whatever tools that we're given. We got tools that we can use with our hands, but we also got tools that we can use with our minds. We got tools that we can use with our soul. Mm. So we just use all tools that we can at at our disposal at that time to bring about whatever we need to bring about, which is 
a, a channel to a brain wave that we can communicate, a way of a telepathy, so to speak, something that transcends our space, something that travels, you know what I'm saying, to meet each other all over, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And we was, we was talking before we started, we were speaking about a universal blackness, that, that, that wooden fork, that big wooden fork and spoon on the wall. You know what I'm saying? Those brass butterflies or whatever that's that somehow we just spread it hood to hood. You know what I'm saying? Certain things. And we probably didn't know. And sometimes we got to have these conversations but like, yo, grandma, too, or yo, mama, too. Or, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's just that. But they are the ancestors always found a way to communicate with us and without us knowing all the time and since we got these devices we able to know it we able to see it mm-hmm. we able to hear it and speaking about jewels jews look who run the music industry mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying look at what they did look at how much they robbed us you know what i'm saying and they do it in, in everything that they do the certain ones that we're talking about and we're speaking on you know what I'm saying? That feel a certain type of way. About us. About mm-hmm. us. Yeah. You know, and they made sure we would never get ahead the way we supposed to get ahead or be the head that we are. Yeah. They make sure they do everything all across the board in every situation. You know, and that's something that we need to grasp and we really need to accept. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And figure out what can we do during these days and age and times to show our solidarity in whatever way. Like my brother right here, Aki, he got on a t shirt. That's a universal hood garment. For real. Yes. That's how we feel about the t shirt. And somehow it spread it hood to hood, body to body. We on one. Everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Everybody wear one may not be conscious. Yeah, but they 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 well, he, they, 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 they got a white tee on. You hear me? You know what I'm saying? White so I prefer to be black. You hear me? <laughs> so whatever the ancestors is doing with us, of course they gotta filter through. They gotta weave through. They gotta they gotta get rid of, you know what I'm saying? Whatever don't belong, whatever don't stick to their DNA or or stick to their purpose for either rising us up. You know what I'm saying? To know who we are and getting back to how we talk, how we dress, how we think. You know, they're doing that. And of course, these tools are being used to ignite that fuel and send certain signals out and make sure in a short amount of time, because they're going to cut the wire. In a short amount of time, we need to be able to acknowledge and see each other for who we are, which is each other all over. So when shit hit the fan and we are running out here in these streets and we are moving, we got to go. I see you, you see me. I should already know what you on. You should already know what I'm on. Because by that time, we are already should know they against us, brother. Hey, check it out. Now, see, at that time, to what I was just thinking, and something you said earlier, you know, when you said how hip-hop does have a significance to men, right? So it makes me think about the drill music in Chi-Town, right? We got to remember that music... And what were was, your drums? You know what I'm saying? Was also used as a call of war. Yeah. Gangster music is the same way. Those, those in cultures, music could be used as a call of war. Right? Well, who war? That's the problem. Yeah, and, and know, know something. That war can be a, 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 a good or a bad war. Right? 
but it's used because the good the, the people who was waging unjust wars was they would sing songs and music to rally up their people too. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the white power structure is currently using hip hop to r- wage a bad war on us. Now check it out, yeah, because let's take for instance in Shottown, right? The catch with that is that they were living in a state of war before that state of music came. Then that state of music came as a reflection of what was going on in their everyday lives because that's what hip-hop does. It reflects what goes on in black people's lives. And I don't think it's been a time where it's your psyche can be tricked the way it's being tricked by the signals that they sending to us to cause us to put ourselves in a position that we don't have no business being in, but we can't fight it because we've been programmed and they didn't did everything to, you know what I'm saying, to put that way, to put us on that vibration. They did everything they can to continue yeah. to for us to think in that way and but we they really believe. They make the conditions. We really believe that it's us really feeling this way and we supposed to be doing this yeah. though. They, but The that, trickery they, in that. They, and it's trickery but in But the it. war back then, when you just had whoever... Who chiefed them in, in, Exactly It's it a different, different It was, it was a, a different thing You know what I'm thing. saying But see in today's time We gotta remember We We Hundreds of years removed from that And technology Yeah The manipulation of our brain waves And our cells And our body Play a major role In how we choose to react To a lot of things But I, I say this it's, it, it, it go real Aki I can say this I remember being in the car riding on a mission, couple times, music played a very important part in my shit. Mm-hmm. Also with the liquor that was in my system. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Also with the camaraderie that I had with the men, or not men, well, yes, I'm men and boys, in the car with me, because we was all on the mission of war. It's happened on a good and a bad side. Mm-hmm. It go both ways. And once again, what you're describing to me, you're describing a different form of nature that we don't like to talk about. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. War is, is, has been and a part of nature and this, for and, and a no, very long time on this planet, yeah. probably since the beginning. And, and, that's, and now, you know I'm, I'm not I'm not advocating the war. I'm not advocating the war. I'm not disagreeing with it either. But in that sense... The, that was a result of the conditions. Right. But created. what I'm saying, that energy has to be released. That yeah, energy exactly. has to express itself. It has to be. So no matter how it's coming out, if it's negative or it's positive, it still has to be. And I think that's the problem that we must face. And we got to accept, like, it's going to go down regardless. Now, how is where is that energy going to be channeled towards, directed towards? And that's our problem right now. Yeah, Because it has right to now. exist. And that's why I mentioned the drill music. So imagine... Drill music revolutionized. Pusso. Yeah, Pusso plug right there. <laughs> but imagine drill music revolution. Imagine if that music was revolutionized. Mm-hmm. I mean, Still making the calls mm-hmm. for war. Look, imagine hip hop without any type of uh, effect from white industry. Yeah, you know, it th- might not even have all that in it. Because gangsters was living back then and they wasn't producing gangster rap. I mean, and music is more than just a reflection. You know what I'm saying? The music industry is more, you know what I'm saying? It produces more than just reflections. Yeah. yeah. It produces more than just reflections. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean I'm mean, i talking about the way, with, with, the way from, from what us, what we do. Like, like it, 
it reflects what's going on in the hood. But it reflects other things. It reflects what's going on in individuals' minds. Mm-hmm. It reflects people's higher thoughts and lower thoughts. And reflects who's signing the paycheck for the studio sessions. That too. Mm-hmm. Who reflects who's managing you, who makes sure you get that deal. So at the end of the day, it's all about taking back what the hell you got and getting your power. And about us having the right intentions when we do it. So with that, Aki, we gonna wrap it up. We're gonna wrap it up. There's no closing comments. Nah, I just say, man, it's been a been an honor to be on this podcast with y'all, man. Long time Aki coming. Aki to G, Sonny to Ray. Mm-hmm. Nigga Twick, what's good? That's man, what's it's, it's it's been an honor and, and 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 a privilege to be here with my bros. You know, it's been a long time coming for us to come together and build. And to be honest, we better know something that really brought us together to begin with is hip hop. Yeah. Hip hop brought this generation together. You mm. know what I'm saying? So I I just like to say thank you for the viewers and the listeners that then partook in supporting the ideas of these brothers from every podcast before this one and everyone af- and every podcast after this one and and in the peace. We out. Go ahead. We y'all. out. Free the lamb. Peace. Free the lamb.